0: Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for For the the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. country. Here are your hosts,
1: Tyler and Charlie.
0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler and back with me today for part one of our two-part Bowl Weeks Picks episodes, is my coach, Charlie, and it is officially crunch times in our picks contest. And those of you who have been with us all throughout this 2020 season, you know that Charlie and I have been battling it out over the past couple of months, but all will be decided this week. Way back in September, Charlie took the lead in the straight up standings from the very beginning of the season, and she has pretty much had a stranglehold on those standings all season long. But just when you thought it was all over, I have fought and I have clawed all the way back and made up a four-game deficit over the last two weeks of the regular season, pulled out a Hail Mary, and have tied things up at 68-33 and 33 overall straight up. Charlie did manage to pick up a game on me against the spread last week, but I still hold the five-game edge in the against the spread standings. But hey man, anything can happen during bowl week. Bowl games are always tough to pick anyway, especially with the recent trend of all the opt-outs, but this year in the COVID era with opt-outs and contact tracing and guys out for testing positive with COVID, it makes it extraordinarily difficult to predict these bowl games, so it really is still anyone's game here with, I think we've got 15 games left to pick this week, so it is far from over. And again, this is going to be the first of two Bowl Week Picks episodes. We've got the pre-New Year's games up today, and then on Thursday, we will be picking all the post-New Year's games, which of course will include Georgia's matchup with the Cincinnati Bearcats in the Peach Bowl, where the semifinal games and all of that later on this week. And then In between, we will have our official Peach Bowl preview episode, so a lot of content for you guys this week. But Charlie, let's go ahead and kick things off. Where are we starting today?
1: All right, we're going to start with the former Camping World Bowl, which is now the Cheez-Its Bowl, which is a pretty good snack. might be my favorite snack. A Cheez-It? Yeah. Really? I mean, like an easy go-to snack. Who doesn't love a Cheez-It?
0: I did when I was 12.
1: I mean, you're still 12. You act like you're 12
0: oh okay all right fine
1: <laughs> i think that you would like Cheez it's if we had some in front of us all
0: right regular Cheez it's or like white cheddar Cheez it's
1: i mean i like the regular ones better I'm,
0: i was always a white cheddar guy it's yeah. been a long time i mean i'll eat the regular ones i thought there's white, white cheddar all the way for sure
1: all right well anyways the Cheez it bowl has number 21 oklahoma state favored against Miami. This is the only non-New Year's Six matchup between ranked teams. Um, People thought both of these teams were contenders early on, but now they're just pretenders this late in the season with it almost being over. Okay, State will be without Chuba Hubbard, but it looks like their star wide receiver, Wallace, will play. Miami got a huge boost with De'Eric King announcing that he will return for another year but they will be without their top two pass rushers. Um, I'm still going to go with Miami to win this one.
0: Yeah, you're right. And say that This is two teams that had high expectations, but kind of just really fizzled out down the stretch. They both kind of limped the finish line. You know, Miami got just walloped by North Carolina in the final game of their regular season season. I think it was 62-26. Oklahoma State, they actually they destroyed Baylor, but Baylor's not very good in their final game. But over the last, really half of their season, they finished 3-3 three and three over the last six games and, and obviously fell out of contention for the Big 12 title, which early in the year, they were a team that looked to be very much in that conversation but fell out of that pretty quickly. And opt-outs are going to affect both teams. We're talking about Oklahoma State, Chuba Hubbard. I mean, I'm going to say he was their entire offense. He was the center point of that offense. Certainly didn't have the kind of year they was hoping to have coming off of a a huge season last year for the Cowboys. But you mentioned Miami. They're going to have Jalen Phillips, Quincy Rocher, their top two pass rushers, both out this game. And and their defense is okay. It's not great. It was never great even with those guys. When you take out their top two pass rushers, it certainly has to be cause for concern for, for Miami, especially after giving up 62 points to North Carolina in that final game of the regular season. But Oklahoma State's offense is certainly not North Carolina's offense. So I, when you look at this game, I don't know. It's, I mean, the, the two-point line here, Oklahoma State, Fair by two, that sounds about right. It's essentially a pick em here. It's, it's a toss-up kind of game. I think I'm going to go with Miami as well, Charlie. I think the news that Derrick King is going to be returning for another year in Miami, I think it's going to give them a jolt and give them what they need, that push to build momentum heading into 2021. This certainly could go either way. I just, I like what Miami has coming come back on offense. They're pretty much whole on offense, with De'Eric King, you got Brevin Jordan at tight end, you got Harley receiver missing the two pass rushers. absolutely. But I just like Oklahoma State; they've just been so up and down offense. I don't know if I can trust their offense right now, even without Phillips and Rocher for Miami. So with King coming back, I think that gives them just what they need to uh, do enough to beat Oklahoma State in this Cheez It Bowl. All
1: right, next up we have the Alma Bowl with number twenty Texas as a nine and a half point favorite. Um, against Colorado Colorado has surprised everyone well their first year head coach Carl Dorrell has he's gone they've gone four and one until their loss to Utah in their regular season finale Tom Herman's also been on the hot seat all year but temporarily he's kept himself out of trouble but if they lose to Colorado he'll be right back in it don't you think yeah.
0: I mean, that's kind of how it works for Tom. Like, mm-hmm. once you're on the hot seat, like, you don't ever escape the guy. Like, you can get off the hot seat temporarily. It's like Gus Malzon. You can beat Alabama and then temporarily be off the hot seat. But as soon as you start to lose a game you shouldn't lose to, to a team that people don't respect in Texas, like Colorado, then you're right back on it. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Well, Texas does have a lot of key players opting out of this one, as do many teams across the nation. But maybe their most important player, Sam Ellinger, is playing. I'm going to go with Texas to win and cover this one.
0: I like the Texas pick to win. I don't know about the cover. i got to think about that one for a minute here. But look, this is a really interesting old Big 12 matchup. You guys, you, old, you old-timers, you know... This kind of this matchup goes back a little ways. Colorado has exceeded expectations this year. I mean, they only lost one game for a while. There, they were in conversation to potentially represent the Pac-12 South in the Pac-12 title game. Although they would have, it, it was a weird scenario where they didn't actually get to play USC. Both teams were undefeated going to the final week of the regular season, and USC was going to get the 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 nod over them if they beat UCLA, which ended up, with, which of course ended up happening because they had played one extra game. Uh, over Colorado when USC was a team that actually w- canceled that game against Colorado. They were supposed to play head up. But regardless, Colorado loses their season finale to Utah at home, and here they are playing Texas in the Alamo Bowl. But still, I mean, whatever, regardless, a really good season for Carl Durrell in his first season there in Boulder. In Texas, like guys, I've watched Texas a couple times this year. They really aren't very good, and, and they have like four or five captains opting out. But, as Charlie mentioned, the one captain playing in this game is by far the most important one. Of course, that's quarterback Sam Ellinger. And even though I don't think Texas is a really great team, they're, they're at least they're fine. Okay, they're not terrible. They're, they're fine. They're okay. But I really like this particular matchup for Texas. Colorado guys, if you watch them at all this year, you know they run the football. They've run the football 60% of the time this year in their five games, which is 15th most from, from a percentage standpoint in the country this season. Jack Bruce at tailback has been their bell cow. He's been their guy. Sam Neuer at quarterback. He's a senior. He's one of those guys like, okay, he's been around, waited his turn. Now here he is as a senior, and he's a guy that's that smart, capable. They can trust him. Kind of a game manager. That's who Neuer is. He is a game manager. He's he's right at a, a thousand yards passing in five games, six touchdowns, five interceptions. He's okay. He's fine. But make no mistake, they want to run the football. And while Texas defense has, hasn't been good this year, I mean that's why I mean the three, the three games Texas has lost is because their defense is not any good. They're 70th nationally overall, but they're pretty good against the run. Most of their difficulties have come against the pass. They're 30th nationally against the run. And here's the thing about Colorado: yeah, they run the ball a lot, but they aren't especially great at it. They're 43rd nationally in yards per carry, at 4.75 yards per carry, and only 88th in success rate. So yeah, they run the football, they don't run it that well, and that's actually the strength of this Texas defense is stopping the run. So if you factor that in, and you look at this is Sam Ellinger's last stand for Texas, guys. I mean, this is a Texas guy. I mean, I don't know if there's a more just quintessential Texas football player than Sam Ellinger. He loves his university, he loves his program. Even without his top wide receiver, Brandon Eagles, I think Ellinger is going to find a way to get it done. I just can't imagine a world where Sam Ellinger loses this game, uh, his, potentially his final, I guess he could come back next year, but probably his final game in Texas, in the state of Texas, against the Colorado team that, yeah, the expectations, but still I don't think they're all that good. So give me Texas to win, but 9.5 a is a lot of points. I, I don't think I can go that far to say Texas is going to cover. I think this could be a pretty close game. Texas to win, I'm going I'm to take the buffs to cover the 9.5, though. All
1: right, this next bowl makes me a little queasy. Probably makes you a little queasy, too. I'm talking about the Duke's
0: oh, Mayo. Oh, God. I, oh, my God. You've been saying that. I'm, you're right. Queasy is the guy kind to of, like, vomit. Just imagine a big – I mean, I like oh.
1: mayonnaise, but, like, just imagine – Do you really? A big – well, I mean, like, on a sandwich, thinly spread, but, like, just imagine, like, a big jar of white
0: – Ugh. I'm just picturing a glob of mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Oh, no. Look, and I know people, like – people love mayonnaise. I can't stand it. Like, smelly what? mayonnaise I, – I will vomit if I smell it.
1: I'm sure I have to know. run
0: from the room if I smell mayonnaise. It's disgusting to, to me. I, I, again, I don't want to offend anyone who loves it. Because other people do. I'm the weird one. I get it. Yes, I'm the weird one. But I can't. I can't. Like when, they, when I saw they changed this name, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. This is the formerly the bowl formerly known as the Belk Bowl. By the way.
1: Right. So in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, oh, we've
0: got Lake
1: Forest versus Wisconsin, with Wisconsin favored to win. These are two very average teams. Wake Forest is trying to finish their fifth straight winning season. They haven't accomplished that since the World War II era. Look at Charlie with her
0: history. Interesting
1: facts there for you. Um, Wisconsin had high hopes after a dominant Week 1 victory over Illinois, but they were sidetracked by COVID and with injuries this season. I've got Wisconsin winning with Wake Forest covering for this one. What about you? What's the line here? Seven.
0: Seven. Yeah, Wake Forest is a team that I cannot figure out. Their defense hasn't been good all year. I can figure that out. They're not good on defense, but they have some pieces on offense. Uh, they've got, I, I mean, to me, I think Sam Hartman is a good, solid quarterback. Not dynamic, but he's a good, solid quarterback. Christian Beale Smith's a good running back. They have two really good receivers, Donovan Green and Jaquie Roberson, and that's without Sarat, and he didn't even play this year. You got to know the beginning of the year. They have some pieces on offense, but they're so up and down offense. You just never know what you're going to get. You have all these players that, that I think can really really lead in offense but then they somehow lose to a horrible Louisville team in their season finale by 24 that right after almost beating North Carolina on the road and then what was like a 59-53 shootout something like that so I just don't know what to make of Wake Forest right now but again what I do know about them is that when they have issues it's usually the defense they're 107th nationally in total defense giving up 456 yards a game and on top of that their best defenders opted out of this game. No Carlos Basham in this game. So that's that's tough. When you're that bad on defense, it's tough to win football games. But man, saying that, this Wisconsin offense is so bad. They're so bad, guys. And it's weird. They're kind of weird, too. The first two games of the year, they, look like they they might be a Big Ten title contender. They averaged 47 points and 450 yards per game over the first two games against Illinois and Michigan. Now, we knew Illinois was probably bad, but now we know Michigan was also terrible. But here's the thing, guys, over the last four games, since that hot start, they're only averaging 313 yards a game on offense and 10 points per game over the last four. Graham Mertz, their quarterback, who to start the season, those first two games, everyone's talking about this guy might be the future for Wisconsin. And I guess he's still gonna be the future because Cohn transferred out. But Mertz, over the last four games, after going for seven touchdowns and zero interceptions in the first two games, has thrown one touchdown and five interceptions over the last four games. This offense is in trouble, guys. And I know they, they've had some some COVID issues. They had some injury issues at receiver, but they are not playing good football on the offensive side of the ball. They can't run the football that like they have in the past. And if, you, if you've watched Wisconsin, which I know you guys have, that's what they do. And if Wisconsin offense can't run the football, it's going to be a bad look. And that's kind of been what's happened over the past month, month and a half year. But Say, saying that, as bad as Wisconsin's defense or their offense is, their defense is at least statistically the best unit in this game. They're actually number one nationally in total defense, giving up only 263 yards a game. But to put the guy put that in context, like the, you had to ask the question: All right, you're number one nationally, 263 yards a game, but who have you played that's any good on offense? Like the best offense they faced was Minnesota, like statistically, who's 68th nationally in total offense. Every other team that they played is either in the 80s or 90s. I think one or two were in the 100s range in total offense. So yeah, their defense is statistically great, but they haven't really played anyone with a pulse. And Wake Forest at least has a pulse on offense. You don't know how faint that pulse might be, how strong it is, or how faint it's going to be from game to game, but they can absolutely have a pulse on offense. They have pieces. And one of my principles all year has been take good offense over good defense, at least after the Alabama game. That's when it was all over me. Good offense is going to be good defense in modern college football. But it's a little bit different here. This is good offense. Wake Forest is a good offense versus at least a statistically elite defense. So it's not quite apples to apples there. So, I mean, I'm going to side with the team with the best unit here, which is at least statistically, again, the Wisconsin defense, number one nationally. Wake Force is capable of rising up and putting up points on offense. They're just so up and down. It's hard to predict what's going to happen in this game against clearly the best defense that they will have faced all year. So I'm going to very hesitantly take the Badgers in this game, and I'm hesitant because their offense is just so bad. They have, I mean, coming into the final game of the regular season, they, they had scored seven points, six points, and seven points in three consecutive games. So they're very bad, but the defense is good. I'm going to lean on that defense right now. So give me the Badgers to win but I'm gonna say it's gonna be a really tight game. Let's take the Deacons to cover the seven. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price, go to your happy price, price line.
1: All right, in the biggest pre New Year's matchup, we have the number seven Florida Gators taking on the number six Oklahoma Sooners. Florida's favored by three in the Cotton Bowl. They're trying to avoid a three game losing streak to end the season by ta- beating the Sooners out of the Big 12, but they won't have Kyle Pitts in this one which will certainly have an impact on the game. And I hate Florida. I hope that they lose their last game of the 2020 season. So, boomer sooner.
0: So, this is an I hate Florida principal play? Yeah. All right, I I love it.
1: I think that they will lose without Kyle Pitts.
0: Really? Yeah. But even though, I know it's LSU, they lost that game. To your point, they lost that game without Kyle Pitts, but Kyle Trask still put like 450 yards passing without him.
1: Yeah, but Oklahoma has a high-powered offense also.
0: Well, it doesn't matter. Let's not even worry about logic. I I love the I hate Florida principle play. I love. It. Yeah, I don't love want it. them to win. Yeah, sometimes and you gotta again, pick with your heart.
1: Dan Mullen, I just. Mm.
0: He's a clown. It's okay. You can say I know you're a nice person. But you can say he is a clown.
1: Well, I mean, I don't really care to call him a clown. I just don't like him.
0: Just say he's a clown. It's the same thing. Sure, he's a clown. He's a clown. There you I go. Don't I don't like that clowns. Feel good.
1: I don't even like to have that image. So, well, in my if you head. don't
0: like Dan Mullen, you don't like clowns, doesn't but it? But I, I don't even, even want to
1: picture clowns. Give me nightmares. Like me and
0: mayonnaise, <laughs> you and no. clowns, me and mayonnaise.
1: Well, I just don't. Want, I want to be able to sleep tonight.
0: Aren't you like forty eight years old? No. i like you're still scared of clowns.
1: Yeah, aren't okay. you?
0: Clowns. Yeah. I don't understand the fear of clowns.
1: I'm afraid of anyone who's dressed up in a costume because who I mean really they're knows they're okay. Is.
0: I'll give. They can be. It's kind of creepy for. Like, a middle-aged man to be dressed in that kind of paint. Yeah, that's kind of weird I don't like people
1: in costumes, either. Sorry, if anyone's
0: a clown that's listening, we apologize. Like, no I offense. It's, it's it is kind of weird. Clowns.
1: I don't like anyone in a costume. Because then you don't know who it is.
0: So I'm guessing you're not a Halloween fan. You're not really a no, Halloween fan, are you? No. I
1: hate Halloween.
0: Yeah, you, you are, you're one of those people that doesn't give out candy, aren't you? You yep. turn off all your light. Oh, Charlie. Oh, my God. Do you have any kids around you on your street? No. Oh. No. So no one ever comes by. You ever hear yeah. someone knocking on the door? I
1: would eat all of the candy. No
0: one's like egged your house because you're not giving up candy. No. Hmm. It's only a matter of time. Probably. It's only a matter of time. How dare you, God! I hope we have no kids listening. They're probably never gonna listen to us again.
1: I don't think they control the radio mm, or the true. phone. Probably.
0: The kids even know how to listen to podcasts.
1: I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they. They're they all. They're all smarter than us.
0: Yes, probably. Probably. Absolutely. All right, so where were we? We are talking about Florida and Oklahoma. So you're going with the Florida principal play, although I hate Florida principal play, which I respect. Sometimes you got to go with the heart. But I don't know, man. Like I, I'm trying to be objective here. I hate Florida as much as anyone. Trust me. And I will say this is the – I will I, – I know that we played Florida, guys, but our defense was not healthy. So you got to factor that in there. So, but say, saying that, I think that this Oklahoma defense – is the best healthy defense that Florida has played this season. If we were fully healthy in that game, I would say we were the best defense that Florida had faced, but we clearly were not healthy in that game. But Oklahoma should be pretty much at full speed on defense. And I know it's weird to say that in connection with Oklahoma, that they're the best defense that anyone has faced. You're like, how is that remotely possible? We're talking about Oklahoma here. They don't play defense, right? It's the Big 12 team. But Oklahoma's good, guys. They're actually good on defense this year. They're still not an elite defensive unit but they're so much better than they have been in years past and but their strength is stopping the run they're second nationally stopping the run which but the thing is like you watch Florida they just don't even try to run the football I mean you guys watch the SEC title game they just don't even try to run the football so yeah Oklahoma's a lot better on defense particularly against the run But they're only 77th nationally against the pass, giving up 243 yards a game. That is not a good matchup against potentially the best passing offense in, in, in the country, one of the top five passing offenses in the country. Granted, even though Kyle Pitts will not be in this game, but like I said, against LSU, they still threw for over 450 in that game without Kyle Pitts. And I still maintain that Florida's defense is garbage, all right? Florida's defense is straight garbage but this also isn't the same Oklahoma offense of old. Their defense is so much better than they, than they have been under Lincoln Riley, but their offense isn't nearly as potent and dynamic as they typically are under Lincoln Riley. They're getting better. They're improving week in and week out on the offensive side of the ball, but the fact is they still don't have elite playmakers out. Why? They don't have a CeeDee Lamb type guy. They don't have a Hollywood Brown type guy, and they have a quarterback that is still developing. He's not Kyler Murray right now, okay? He's not Baker Mayfield right now. Maybe Rattler will get there, but he's not there yet. Now, he's still good. He's still a good quarterback, but he's still developing. He's not elite yet. Now, I do think the running back, getting him back half of the year is huge. Ramondre Stevenson should be able to run on Florida to set up a lot of play action because Florida, like I told you, their defense is garbage. They can't stop the run. You can run all over. I think Oklahoma should have a lot of success doing that. But it's still not the high flying Oklahoma offenses that they are used to having there in Norman, Oklahoma. I think you have to outscore Florida to beat Florida. We've seen that this year. Like, we, we tried to outscore them, but we didn't have the firepower at that time. I think if we play them now, we could, but you know, that's not going to happen. We saw the SC title game Alabama had to flat out outscore Florida. And that's how you have to beat them this year because they're going to put up points, especially when it's a tough matchup. Yeah, Oklahoma's better on defense, but they're only 77th nationally against the pass this year. That is the weakness of the Oklahoma defense, and that's the strength of the Florida offense. That's a tough matchup for Oklahoma. You're going to have to outscore Florida. And I'm just not sure. I hate to say this. I truly hate to say this. And I don't care. I'm going to root against my my own pick here, but I'm just not sure Oklahoma is equipped to outscore Florida this year, which is crazy to say because that's how Oklahoma— has made a living the past three, four, five years under Lincoln Riley. I just don't think they're the same Oklahoma offense this year. And Florida's offense, as much as I hate to say it, as much as it hurts me to even think about it this way, they are dynamic and they are elite on offense. So I'm going to regretfully take Florida to win this game and also cover the three points as well. Like I said, I'm going to root against myself. I don't want Florida to win this game, but trying to be as objective as I can here, I think the mashups favor them here, and uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna win the Cotton Bowl. It sucks. I don't want it to happen.
1: All right, next up we have the Armed Forces Bowl. Number twenty four, Tulsa favored by two and a half against Mississippi State. The record may not show it, but Mike Leach's bizarre dogs have quietly improved a good bit over the last month of this season. Um, they're taking on a solid Tulsa team whose only losses on the season were a nine-point loss to Oklahoma State and a three-point loss to Cincinnati in the AAC game, title game. Excuse me. Um, I'm still going to go with Mississippi State to win this one.
0: Yeah, you and I are on the same page. I'm, I'm going to take the Bizarro Dogs as well. They are shorthanded on defense, but they're playing pretty well on that side of the ball, despite all the, the missing pieces there. They've only got 342 yards a game over the last two. And Tulsa, like, they can be an offensively challenged team. They're not dynamic on offense. Defense is certainly Tulsa's calling card. They're top twenty-five nationally, but this Mississippi State offense is improving as Will Rogers gets more and more comfortable as a freshman in that in that uh, signal caller role there for Mike Leach's offense. And no Zayvon Collins for Tulsa, which is clearly their best defensive player. And look, when you're Tulsa, you don't have a ton of great defensive players. So when your best player is not playing, I guy that's going to be playing on Sundays here in a couple of months, that that's a tough loss in a game like this. I like how Mississippi State has been playing the past couple of weeks to end this season. I mean, remember, guys, they gave us all we could handle back, uh, what, was it late November, mid-November? So I'm, gonna, I'm with you, Charlie. I'm going to take Mississippi State to win outright with the, uh, the ever-so-slight upset over 24th-ranked Tulsa. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment
1: Two games left to pick for this episode. Next up, Liberty the Liberty Bowl with West Virginia versus Army. I know you were upset about this matchup because you wanted to take yeah. West Virginia and the points over Tennessee. Yeah,
0: t- yeah, Tennessee was supposed to be playing West Virginia in this game. And I think West Virginia was only like a six-point favorite against Tennessee. It's like, oh, my God, they're going to murder Tennessee. They're going to boat race Tennessee. That was like easy money. And then Tennessee had to pull out, and that sucked because I was going to win some yeah. money.
1: But insert Army, and we have a game that is prime for the under with a top five West Virginia defense versus Service Academy. I'm going with West Virginia to win, but Army to cover.
0: Hmm, Army to cover. Yeah, this this one should be ugly, man. Like old school throwback ugly. Don't get me wrong, guys. When I say ugly, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's the kind of football that I grew up with. That's the kind of football that I like deep down. I truly love. So I'm actually kind of excited to watch this game because it is going to be a throwback game to like my days of yesteryear. This absolutely should be one of those slugfests. There's two top five defenses, uh, throwing a triple option offense. All of that is a recipe for taking the under, which I think was 41 and a half last time I looked. It's always tough to determine how a, a highly ranked defense is going to fare against a triple option offense because like how, how, how much does that actually translate because you're playing in a scheme that you never really play in, trying to stop an offense that you never play against. You're just doing things that you never do. So yeah, West Virginia is top five until defense in the country, but what does that mean when you're playing a triple option offense? It's one of those things that like we, we, when we used to play Georgia Tech, when they were in that triple option offense, yeah, we'd have this highly ranked defense, but what does that even mean? How much does that matter when you're playing a triple option offense doing things that you never do? I will say getting extra time to, to prepare for a triple option offense, that certainly helps. And I do think the West Virginia has enough offense between Jared Dagey and Letty Brown at running back to score just enough to beat Army. So I'm gonna go with the Mountaineers to win. I don't love the seven here in the spread, but what the heck? Let's go, let's go watch Western to win and also cover the seven as well.
1: Alright, and finally we will mercifully close out 2020 with an intriguing matchup between the Hogs and the Frogs, with Arkansas taking on TCU, with TCU being favored by five. I had Arkansas um, winning zero games this season, so the fact that they oh, oh. ended up going three and seven so far is, I think, pretty impressive, and they've improved drastically under Sam Pittman this year. Well, let's be real;
0: you're just a Sam Pittman stand. That's who yeah, you are. Yeah,
1: but and they've had players announcing that they're coming back all week, which I think is giving them good momentum going into this yeah. game. TCU had a very TCU like year, going six and four with some good moments and wins over Texas and Oklahoma State. But other than that, very, you know... Ho-hum. Average. It's it's TCU. Yeah, so I am a fan of Arkansas, so I'm going with Arkansas for this one.
0: Go with your heart again. Yeah. This is the I Love Sam Pittman principle play. Sure. Let's go with it. Um, I don't know if I'm with you on this one, though, Charlie. TCU is another one of those teams that, yeah, you're right. They've been very ho-hum average, kind of what they've been for a couple of years now in the Big 12, but you just never know what you're going to get with them. Like, yeah, sure, they'll have a five-game stretch where they don't surpass 400 yards total offense, but then they explode for 500-plus against a team that still has Big 12 title hopes in Oklahoma State. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. It's weird. They they run the ball well. It's kind of what TCU does on offense. They're top 25 nationally in rushing offense at just a hair under 215 yards a game against an Arkansas rush defense that is not very good. 92nd nationally against the run, 192 yards surrendered each game on the ground. And and, and on the other side, TCUs, they're not great on defense, but at, at least they're competent. Like they're top 30 nationally, they're pretty good. Arkansas does have some playmakers you're right Charlie like they they have some guys that that do give me some concern picking TCU because Traylon Burks Traylon Smith Mike Woods and even old Felipe Franks like they are the better offensive team I just think it's a tough matchup for Arkansas when you look at what TCU likes to do running the football they do that well that's what that's what they're best at offensively and stopping the run it has been really tough for Arkansas all year long I just don't love the matchup I want Arkansas to win I'm with you I like Sam Pittman I want them to win I, I would love to see that happen but when I've got a pick'em championship on the line, I can't go with my heart. I got to be as objective as I can here, and I'm gonna go with TCU to win and cover the five points as well. That sucks. I want Pittman to win, but I'm trying to win a championship here.
1: It's okay. You you didn't pick Arkansas, so I'm gonna bring you a jar of mayonnaise.
0: Oh my god, you probably will. Please don't do that. You mean to throw <laughs> up on you?
1: With a bow and everything. A bow. Yep.
0: What does the bow have to do with it? Make it pretty. Just don't open it.
1: I'm making a white bow, too. If
0: I can look at it. Just Not don't open all it. White package. Just don't open it. Please don't, don't open it.
1: Pop the top. Don't off. pop
0: the top. Just give you a whiff oh, of it. Oh, God. That's... I'm going to throw up right now. I'm just thinking about it. But, all right, guys. That's it, right, Charlie? That's it for today?
1: That's it.
0: All right. Well, we will be back later in the week with part two of our bowl special. We'll have all those picks for you guys. Of course, we are talking Georgia Cincinnati, Peach Bowl. We'll be talking Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl that's being played in Texas, all those big New Year 6 games. We'll be talking about all those games later in the week, and I guess we'll decide once and for all who is going to win the Pick'em League this year. But thanks for listening, guys. We've had a lot of fun all year doing this. we got one more for you guys later on this week, so make sure to check back then. We'll also have our official preview of the Peach Bowl matchup with Georgia and Cincinnati later on this week as well, so check back for that. But thanks for listening. For Charlie, I'm Tyler, and as always, Go dogs.